We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast. It's episode 33, and we have another Cleveland legend on the podcast this week. We are joined by special guest from the Cleveland Force and Crunch, one of the greatest indoor soccer players of all time and a record holder from his time. Actually, they named the league MVP trophy after him. It's Hector Marinero joining us. We're going to talk about his time in Cleveland. We're going to talk about some indoor-outdoor soccer differences and we're going to talk about the four and one Cleveland freaking Browns, all that, plus our garage beers of the week. So come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to the Garage Beers podcast. It is episode 33. And we got a good one for you. Special guest Hector Mara and Arrow coming up shortly. But before we get into, get into that, we want to send it around, get our intros in. As always, go follow the show pages on our social media: Twitter, Instagram at the Garage Beers. You can also find the show on Facebook at the Garage Beers Podcast, and you can find me if you want to, Michael Keefe, your host. Uh, I am at Garage Beers Mike on Instagram and Twitter. With me, as always, my boys. The two best co-hosts that could ever be on the Garage Beers podcast. We'll send it over to the east side of Cleveland and talk to my boy Chad Meyer, Garage Beers Chad on Twitter and Instagram. What's going on, Chad? Guys, look at the duck face right now. Look at like this is like I'm like posing, I'm like dancing because the Browns are four and one, baby. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Oh God, what a game! I know we're gonna get into it, but I just had to. I can't contain my excitement right now. Uh, I guess the other thing is. I realized I should stop binge watching shows like, 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 like I, I just binge watched this entire second season of the office. Right. I figured it's about time. I like keep up with the times. Sure. Right. Uh, and I just like, I watched four episodes in a row and I'm like, I realized I don't remember what happened in the first episode. <laughs> now, so that way when I like talk to, about it to people and they're like, Oh wow. How funny was, I don't know. So-and-so episode. I'm going to be like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember that one yeah that one was good <laughs> that one was good so like, i wouldn't I, recommend I, you stop binge watching shows though binge watching shows is the way to watch shows well yeah but i want to remember what i watched i'll be like yeah i did watch all the office oh but... maybe you should stop drinking profusely as you binge watch shows <laughs> well i should probably stop doing that yeah like on on browns games too yeah that's probably not a no, good idea no not gonna happen not gonna happen <laughs> 
All right, so Chad's just drunk and binge-watching shows. Super excited about the Browns. Let's send it down to Nashville, Tennessee, at Garage Beers Joe on Twitter. It's Joey Whalen. What's going on, Joe? It's how old I was the last time the Browns started 4-1. and one. <laughs> You weren't even born. You weren't I was, even born. I was, he was born. I was about he to was be born. one. You I was almost a one. Bitch. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. You're so little. This is like that. It's like a first for you. Yeah, it's like a first for much. you. How are you handling this? Uh, I like. We've had a full month of victory uh, Sundays followed by victory Mondays, and like I just, I know like we probably won't win out the season, so it's going to be tough if we lose a game down the road. But uh, right now, I'm loving it. Yeah, listen, we, we got to talk about that for a minute because we're going to lose some games, and the team <laughs> isn't going to be the team isn't going to be perfect. Nope. Nope. Again, the, the roller coaster of being on social media for these games, man. Like it's, it's entertaining Browns, and so frustrating at the same time. The Browns go up 27 to 10 on that pick six. Everybody is like, best team ever. And then the ensuing kickoff, 101 yard kickoff return touchdown for the Colts makes it 27-17. And everybody online's like, why? This sucks. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like Listen, they're going to make plays, and we're going to make plays. You just got to make more plays, which the Browns keep freaking doing. God damn right. You're goddamn right. Oh, oh, good news, good news, good news. Guys, my Wyatt Teller jersey is on the way. (laughs) (laughs) You jinxed him, you bastard. I did not. No way. He got hurt today. I know he did. I know he did. But I can make his calf feel better. hopefully, Hopefully they're okay. Hopefully every Browns player on the team that got hurt today because every Browns player on the team got hurt today. Right. Okay. And now we are really excited to bring in our very special guest. Uh, if you grew up in Cleveland, especially in the eighties and nineties, or if you lived in Cleveland in the eighties and nineties, you're going to know this name, a seven time national professional soccer league MVP, a three time NPSL champion, a nine time scoring champion, a member of the greater Cleveland sports hall of fame, uh, a, an absolute legend. They've actually named, or since then, they named that league's MVP trophy after our guest here. Uh, and he's the current head coach of the John Carroll University men's soccer team. We're really excited to be joined by Hector Marinero. Hector, welcome to the Garage Beers podcast. Thanks, Michael. Great to, uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me on and uh, ready to share a little Corona with you guys. Oh, we're so hey, excited there for we that. Go. And that, that transitions, <laughs> that transitions us perfectly into our favorite segment every week. And we're excited you're going to join us for this segment. It's called the Garage Beers of the Week segment. And so we're going to throw it around the horn. We're going to say what we're drinking. Uh, and uh, just tell us how you're enjoying it. And that's also, we'll let you start off. And you already kind of gave it away, but... Uh, yeah, I kind of gave it away, I guess. But uh, <laughs> actually trying out the Corona Premiere, Ooh. which is uh, try to, you know, slim down a little bit, get back <laughs> into uh, the, <laughs> my, pl- my old playing days. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's actually not too bad. There you go. Yeah, some of those some of those lower calorie beers are pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's not bad. So, yeah, never been uh, never been a huge drinker, but I do do like uh, occasional beers, especially uh, out on the golf course. Oh it's, yeah, uh, it's always nice too. Almost, <laughs> a, it's almost a requirement on the golf course. <laughs> requirement, it is. Yeah. It is, especially after a couple bad shots. Yeah. Yeah, if I had a beer after every couple bad shots I had, I would be hammered out of the golf course. But yeah. we'll make it out of the first hole. Right. No, 
Uh, two of the best beers, and we can we can talk about the golf one. But here tonight, uh, Brown's Victory Beers, another uh, great uh, beer celebration time. So we're glad you could join us for Garage Beers of the Week. Let's send it down to Nashville, Tennessee, to Joe. Joe, what's your Garage Beer this week? I must be like scraping um, at the bottom of the fridge because uh, <laughs> I was really nervous about last Wednesday or last Thursday's beer. This one, I, I know I'm nervous about because I tried it and it's not that good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Saga, Saga Tuck uh, Brewing Company. Yeah. I don't even know where they're based out of. I'm sorry. Um, but it's this blueberry lemonade shandy. And like the lemon and the shandy part tastes really good. The blueberry is just like, <laughs> I don't know why, but it like it kind of just like burns your nose as you drink it. Um, oh. So uh, we're going to work our way through it. Uh, and enjoy it because the Browns won today, and that's all that matters. That's right. You're darn right. You're darn right. That's uh, right. So Joe's got a disappointment beer. <laughs> Chad, what do you got over on the east side? What's your garage beer this week? Well, this is a shout-out to my buddy Aaron Williams. He uh, was picked this beer up for me. Uh, it's the Phoenix Brewing Company. It's down in Mansfield, Ohio. Check out that can art. Pretty cool. And it, this yeah. is the Ferryman Oatmeal Milk Stout. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Let's give it a go. Why not? not too bad not too bad it's it's a little malty a little syrupy but uh for my taste a little sweet but uh yeah it's good to go i'm in i'm in i'm in on the phoenix ferryman oatmeal milk stout guys awesome i'm gonna join you on the dark side of things here uh and credit goes out to uh the neighbors of actually joey growing up the edwards uh susan edwards brought this uh, she's on the trip she brought back from Harpoon Brewery, they got together with Kentucky Donuts. So I'm just going straight diabetes here uh, on this one. Uh, my favorite donut at Dunkin' Donuts is the Boston Cream Donut. And this is a Boston Cream Stout. Oh, no yeah. Of I haven't tried it yet, but it smells amazing. So let's see what they got. That is so dark. <laughs> Okay, I'm all good. That is delicious. Boston That's cream, amazing. Boston cream. You can't go wrong uh, with those donuts. Love I'm them. telling you, love them. That is, I think that is that tastes just like one though. You know, because they'll like sometimes right. they'll say, "Oh, it's flavored after this, and it doesn't really taste like it." Yeah, that tastes just like a Boston cream donut. Oh. So that will make me happy for the rest of this show so those are our garage beers of the week remember to send us your garage beers of the week let us know what you're drinking and give us some suggestions we'll give you some shouts out so uh to you guys on the podcast and to all the listeners cheers and yeah cheers let's get in to some uh awesome conversation with our special guest hector marinero so hector uh, i always find this fun and we've had this a lot with our guests on the podcast um whether it was Nick Foligno, uh, the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, whether it was Cecil Shorts. Um, we have a lot of people that, that at some point or another wound up playing for a parent of theirs. And I think that's a cool place to start because you, um, uh, your dad was involved in soccer forever. I mean, since Correct. 1962, yep. he, he was playing professionally as like a 16-year-old, right? Yes, and yes, he, uh, yeah, he grew up in Argentina, you know, and if, uh, if you're in Argentina and you're a, you're a boy, you're, you're playing soccer. So he, uh, he grew up with it and he, uh, slowly worked his way North from Argentina <laughs> all the way, <laughs> all the way up. Uh, he played, uh, Argentina, Chile, Mexico, uh, well, actually San Salvador, El Salvador, yeah, uh, Mexico, 
then the U.S., and then uh, ended up in Canada and stayed in Canada. And that's where my brother and I were born, up in uh, Toronto, Canada. So Your dad was like, these places are too warm. I'm just going to keep <laughs> going. <laughs> you know, he just kept moving. It's like he had no, nowhere, nowhere farther north to go, I guess. So he decided, decided to stay in Canada. So anyways, if you didn't know, Hector Marinero Sr., the greatest uh, Arctic uh, soccer player of all time. <laughs> boy, that yeah. man could play in the snow. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there were two things I found out, and again, just doing a little bit of research. Uh, the one story, and I don't know if you know the details on this, because again, your dad was part of the game for so long, uh, but he won a, a, like back in the 60s, he won a title in Canada. Yeah, but he didn't get the trophy until like 2006 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he won. Um, he won the the league's most valuable player. Yeah, and um, never never was presented with the trophy. And uh, like you said, it was in the 60s, and then like 50 something years later, <laughs> uh, somebody found the trophy. <laughs> and, no way. And uh, yeah, and um, ended up finding its way back to my dad, and it was uh, presented to him. Yeah crazy what was that like for him 50 years he, he thought it was the coolest thing ever and you know one of the other great things he got to do he played um you know he always told me the probably the favorite place he ever played was el salvador and this was uh before all the civil wars and everything yeah. and he him and my mom and um just my little sister i mean my big sister when she was little uh lived there and they said they said it, it was it was awesome they had they had maids they had a they had a driver uh it was crazy yeah they, they they were treated they were treated like kings and um the country was beautiful you know the the weather yeah. was great um they're close to the ocean i mean it, they they absolutely loved it there and um you know played uh, spent five years in el salvador and absolutely loved it but um when he was 70 years old they invited him back you know, um, some, so he played there mid fifties, I think. So, uh, this wow. was probably early two thousands. They invited him back. So like almost 45, 50 years later, they invited him back. And, um, you know, I, I, it's one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't go with him on that trip. Um, I think we were, we were in season at the time, so I couldn't go with him, but, um, the pictures and the stuff and it's funny people reach out to me on facebook from el salvador and they're like uh is your father hector marinero oh, and, like, yes. and, and then uh they're like they you know they're older people that you know watched them play way back when and um you know it's uh it's very cool to see wow yeah that's i thought that was really cool and i thought that was yeah. what a yeah. moment that and you know the other thing that sounded kind of cool just you know obviously uh you weren't you wouldn't have been around for him to have accepted that uh, MVP trophy when he won yeah. it. So right. it must've been kind of cool to have like the family, uh, you know, you guys got to see him actually get that trophy oh, Absolutely. Many years later, but that had to have been really yeah. cool. Yeah, it really was. You know, we, um, quite honestly, up in, up in Canada, um, I'm known as junior, you know, Hector Marinero is my dad, you know, yeah. I was known as junior, you know, um, and, um, you know, to this day, everybody still calls me junior whenever I go back up there because uh, senior senior was the was the man in Canada. That's for sure. Yeah, well, they don't call you junior in Cleveland. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. Sure don't. Yeah. But we're gonna get to that. Uh, yeah. The last the last question I have about, and again, your dad um, uh, condolences. Obviously, since passed um, yeah. uh, for that. But 
you know, the one question we've asked all of our, our guests that have had a parent that have kind of coached them, because he, you did play, he was an assistant coach when you played, I think it was up in Toronto, right? Correct. Yeah. So what was it like playing for your dad? Was he like the <laughs> typical dad coach giving you a hard time? You know what? He was, <laughs> it was funny because, um, you know, it, it was in the pros and actually he was the, he was assistant coach and then the, the head coach got fired and he became the interim head coach. So um, he was the, he was uh, my head coach for the Toronto blizzard in the, in the Canadian league. And uh, it's funny. We, you know, we had, we butted head a couple had a couple times, a uh, few silent uh, dinners at home. My, my poor mom kind of got stuck in the middle of it. But, uh, but um, yeah, it was, uh, you know what? He, he was, he was the greatest influence on my, on my life and my career. And um, you know, my mom, you know, my parents, my parents used to drive to Cleveland every single weekend from Toronto. Wow. Uh, to come to the crunch games every single weekend. And uh, my brother, my brother was playing for Buffalo and they used to go to his games in Buffalo, come to Cleveland, go back to Buffalo, come back to Cleveland all in a weekend. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. so they could watch both of us play, you know, right up 90, you know, yeah. probably got, some of the rest stops should be named after them because they, <laughs> they, they've made that trip so many times between, uh, you know, Cleveland and, uh, and Toronto up 90 and then the, the Queen Elizabeth way. But uh, yeah. they, uh, they love the game. I, I mean, even to this day, um, you know, even to the day he passed away, there was a, you know, the neighborhood they lived in. If there was a, a game at the street corner, they would walk up there and just watch, you know, they just wow. love to watch soccer and, and, and be a part of it. And, they, you know, that was their whole lives, basically. You know, my mom and my mom and dad, from the time they met, they, uh, you know, it was all soccer all the time, and and they both loved it, which was made it extra special. Yeah. So there were no awkward drives home with your dad after those games. <laughs> uh, that you might have. Well, you know what? It was uh, the good. The, the the saving grace was that he he was still uh, he had a, he had his real job where I you know I was just playing. You know, so he, he was doing, he was doing the coaching thing as a side gig, you know, just to still be a part of it. Sure. So he would go straight from work. So he had his car. So I'd come down for <laughs> practice. So luckily we didn't have to drive home okay. <laughs> after <laughs> practice every day because uh, those would have been, yeah, they definitely would have been a few strange ones, especially uh, my, um, you know, my practice ethics sometimes were uh, <laughs> a little questionable. <laughs> <laughs> you know as a coach you can say that now yeah for for uh you know for a guy that played soccer for a living i i hated to run so <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> it was uh yeah i felt there was there had to be there had to be a purpose behind the running you know right. <laughs> not just running well that made the so. shorter indoor field perfect then right <laughs> exactly exactly it was perfect for me and i could go take a rest for two minutes <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah that's right uh, that's funny well uh speaking yeah uh speaking of cleveland you know before we get into the crunch man we're four and one now hector how do you feel about it it's awesome you know what and it's you know this is 2020, right? Everything's upside down. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> we just might, might as well ride this wave while we can That's because right. uh, it's, you know, it, it's awesome. I, I, Stefanski's been doing a great job. He looks like he's the real deal. You know, we hope it's short, you know, it's only five games in, but um, the team looks so different compared to last year, you know, um, so much more organized. Mm -hmm. uh, they're sharper on offense. Um, 
you know, we hope, you know, Baker cleans it up a little bit. Second half, he was a little bit rough today, but, um, you know, Miles Garrett's just a beast. Um, you know, if it wasn't for him on the D our defense would be in, in, in big trouble, but, uh, he's, he's been, he's so dominant on the line, but, um, you know, there's, there's not a fan base in the world that deserves this <laughs> more than the Cleveland, fran especially Cleveland Browns fans, because they've been, you know, since 99, it's been, it's been pretty miserable. I'll tell you what, guys, that was when this team's going well, it's what you wanted to see last year. I mean, it's, it's like an embarrassment of riches, especially offensively. So listen, every week, not everybody's going to have big weeks. You're going to have Jarvis with a big week one week. You're going to have, like, last week, Odell had a big week. Austin Hooper played well today. It, it, it's, you're going to kind of have to pass it around, and I guess especially against a team like the Colts that were just ready to stop the run today. And that's yeah. what they sold out to do, especially in the first half. Mm -hmm. The whole rest of the team stood up. Miles Garrett, like you brought up, two more sacks. Two more yeah. sacks today, including a sack for – well, a safety, which gives him a sack. Uh, yeah. I mean, just – it, they're a lot of fun. This should be a really fun week coming up because yeah. it is officially Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers week. Steelers week. Yep. And now, Hector, you were a pro athlete in Cleveland back when the Steelers-Browns rival, rivalry meant something. Yeah, yeah. And back I feel in, like this is – the heyday when, you know, when, when we were popular, it was the Bernie days as well, you know, and the Browns were good, you know, Mac and Biner, and um, it was – you know, this town is, is buzzing when the Browns are good. You know, this, there's, there's, there's not a better city to be in when the football team's doing really well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right. It's, a, it, it's, you know, it, it's a Browns town, no matter what you say. You know, the Cavs won a championship. Indians have, have been solid for the last 10, 15 years. But it's a Browns town. You know, it really is. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's fun. Hopefully, like I said, it's, you know, it's only five games in, but it, it sure looks like it's heading in the right direction. And um, it's, it's been fun to watch. You know, it really has. Yeah, Especially last, last week was, was awesome. Going into Dallas and, and winning big in Dallas. I mean, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't think there's a ton of people in this town that wouldn't trade that Cavs championship for a Brown Super Bowl <laughs> in a heartbeat. Not that they don't for want sure. the Cavs, but it's just no, – it's, it's a no, football it's a Brown city. town. Yeah. yeah. It's a football city. Yeah. 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 So we talked about you being here for a long time. And again, where everybody's going to know you from uh, up front is going to be just your time in Cleveland as a, as just an indoor soccer legend here, whether it was with the force or the crunch or then back to the force. Uh, and most of the time was the crunch, I think. Right. Yeah. Like for the most yeah. part, but you started here way back in 83, right. With the force. Right. Yeah. I and came here when I was eight, like 18 years old. Yeah. yeah. And you played one year. Right. And then you moved around and then you came back. So right. what was it? Because obviously you came back, you played here for a long time after that. And then obviously you posted up here, you became the head coach at John Carroll, which we'll talk about, uh, yeah. but you've become a Clevelander. What was it about the city that, that drew you in? You know, quite honestly, the, that my rookie year, 83, 84, you know, uh, like I said, the Browns were good. Um, <laughs> we were, you know, we were the Cleveland force. We were averaging 14,000 people at the Coliseum, wow. you know, yeah. And, and this city was buzzing. Like I said, I loved it here. Loved it here. I was devastated when they, they cut me a year after, a year later, you know. Um, I was devastated. But um, I, like you said, I went up and played in Canada for a little bit and then um, went to Minnesota and L.A. 
And um, actually, um, I was in LA in 87, 88, they folded. And then the, uh, the Cleveland Crunch was just getting started. Mm -hmm. And um, I became a free agent because the, the team had folded. And um, I told my agent at the time that my number one place was Cleveland. And, and mostly to be closer to Toronto, uh, so my family could come down and watch the games. Uh, but I also, from the experience I had in 83, 84 with the force in the city and, you know, I really, I really loved it here. And, you know, when I heard they were coming back, I wanted to try to make sure we got back here. Yeah, it's awesome. So you came back in 89 and you're the, this stuff is incredible. You played another, you played for the next 15 years here. Yeah. Uh, with the crunch and then again, back to the force. But over that span of time, 11, almost 1,100 goals, <laughs> which is the yeah. most ridiculous stat. And again, uh, it's not – it's a different – and I kind of want to talk about that, so maybe we'll get right into that. Obviously, that was an indoor soccer uh, uh, league. So um, uh, for the casual soccer fan, or maybe for the person listening that isn't even a huge soccer fan, uh, what's the biggest differences? Obviously, the size of the, the field or the pitch is not – anywhere near the size of a normal soccer pitch but what's the biggest difference playing style and, and and how did you come to find such a home in that indoor soccer well uh, a few things um indoor soccer compared to outdoor soccer I love you know I grew up playing outdoor soccer I love outdoor soccer I'm coaching outdoor soccer now mm -hmm. it's it's the way the game is supposed to be played but indoor was so much fun to play um, it was exciting. You got the boards. It's a lot closer action, a lot more goals, um, you know, body contact. I mean, it was, it was an exciting game, you know, and, and like I said, I fell in love with it when I, my first year with the force and, and quite honestly, in, in the, uh, in the eighties and early nineties, it was the only place for professional soccer players to make a living was the indoor game, wow. you know? And at that, you know, at that time we had, you know, we had some great owners like, uh, in LA, I played for um, Dr. Jerry Buss. He was our owner oh, wow. in, in LA. Uh, when I played in Minnesota, it was uh, Joe Robbie, who was the owner of the Dolphins and Joe Robbie Stadium, you know. Uh, so there was a lot of legitimate owners back in the day. And, you know, they, they were paying well, you know. And there was no outdoor league after the NAS, NASL folded in 85. Uh, so the indoor game was the only place to make a living, you know. And... So all the best players were going indoor and the crowds were great. And the, the, the level of play was, was spectacular, you know, and it was, a, it was excitement. You know, they, you know, if, if you look back on the days uh, for Len Komorowski, who's the CEO of the Cavs. Yeah. Well, Len Komorowski was working in the front office for Minnesota when I was playing there. Wow. You know, so I've known, I've known Len since 86 and great guy, you know, and if you talk to Len, he'll tell you that indoor soccer was the first one that turned the lights off, did the all the crazy indoor um, introductions for the players, you know. Yeah. And, and Len will tell you that the NBA started doing that when some of the indoor soccer people started going to the NBA in the front offices, you know. So, um, but, yeah, in the 80s, you know, they were selling out crowds everywhere, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, for me, I just loved um, – you know, funny story. I don't know if you guys knew this, but when I came to Cleveland in 83, 84, I came here as a defender. Oh, no um, kidding. <laughs> I, played, I, played all my, I played all my youth as a defender. My dad was a center back, and that's where I played, you know. And um, I signed with Cleveland as a defender. 
And it wasn't until I went to Minnesota in 86 um, that I, I got changed to a forward because we ran into injuries. And I was a young guy and I'm like, hey, I'll play. I'll, you know, I'll play wherever you need me to play. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, started scoring some goals and the coach is like, you're going to stay at forward. So, <laughs> and, and as they say, the, you know, the rest is history, but, um, it was, um, yeah. And I was never really a goal scorer growing up. That's for sure. So it was, uh, you know, I look back at the numbers now and, and, you know, it, you know, up until the day my, you know, my dad passed away, we'd look back and we'd, we'd kind of laugh at laugh about it because I was always, I was always a defender, you know, <laughs> in outdoor soccer actually played for the Canadian national team as a center back. You know, oh, so it was, uh, they had it all wrong. Yeah. I was, I was never, <laughs> I was never really a forward until, uh, you know, we ran into some injuries and they had to put me up there in Minnesota. So. That's awesome. That's yeah. And, and, and then you take off and then it's, uh, yeah, it just kind of took off. Uh, my, my second year, my second year in Minnesota, I, I led the league in goals <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah. And it was just like, you're you just know, natural. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was, uh, I just got ahead of knack for scoring goals and, um, you know, went to LA as a free agent. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, all these, all these, um, big time owners like the Joe Robbie's had to fold their franchise because it was right at the time they were building Joe Robbie stadium, which is right. now pro player stadium or whatever it's called. Hard rock um, or whatever. But the yeah. banks wouldn't let him use any of his money for the soccer team anymore because he was building this huge stadium. Oh. So he had to fold the soccer team. So once again, we're free agents and I went to LA and then a year later, LA folds. <laughs> so I came, uh, <laughs> I came to Cleveland. Yeah. So, but uh, it makes you, yeah. it makes you wonder a little bit. It makes you wonder, you talked about, you know, the popularity back then. Yeah. But then you also said if you wanted to earn a living playing soccer in the U S at the time, you had to play indoor you and did. really, unless you played, I have to say, unless you played in uh, like one of the towns where it was big, like Cleveland, where again, it was, you guys were averaging like 10,000 people at your game. People yeah. loved it. And I, I remember growing up just watching the news and every night I'd be like, here's the score to the Cavs game or the Indians game or whatever. And here's what the crunch did, you yeah. know, right there. Um, the, the media, you know, the sport I think has grown in the U S so much where yeah. MLS is huge now and it's getting great coverage finally. Um, yeah. and you're starting to see some American players make their way overseas to like yeah. the premier league, stuff like that. Uh, it makes you wonder how many players like yourself, uh, that were in that, uh, in that indoor arena league type deal, uh, would have maybe had much bigger names for themselves. Uh, if there were other, oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, you know, quite honestly, we were, we were kind of stuck in the middle because in um, the NASL days when Pele was here and Beckenbauer, the Cosmos were huge in the seventies, you know, uh, then that kind of died. And then MLS started in 96, you know, so we were kind of like stuck in between. We, we missed out on the glory days of the NASL and we missed out on the glory days of the MLS now. You know, but quite honestly, the the the, the real change in, in fortune in the U.S. was the '94 World Cup. Once once we had the '94 World Cup, and and the big time sponsors saw you know you know hundred people hundred thousand people fill the Rose Bowl for the U.S. games and yeah. the World Cup final. You know that's when all the you know Budweiser, Adidas, a lot of the big big companies put their money behind the MLS. And you know if that doesn't happen, you know the 
there, there's probably still no MLS to this. Oh, there probably is by now, but it wouldn't have grown, you know, started so early because right. uh, a lot of a lot of the big comp Budweiser, a lot of those guys put in a lot of money to really get the MLS going. Where and where it is today is 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 incredible. You know, the guys guys are making you know seven eight million dollars a year to play soccer. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome for them, not for me. But. <laughs> right. right. Hey, uh, excuse me, John Carroll, uh, administrator. John Carroll, hi. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, yeah. Uh, now, 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 circling back to the di to the differences between the outdoor and indoor game, Hector was really. I mean, obviously, besides the field, is it just? I don't know. Kind of the gameplay is it was like the boards. Did the boards make the biggest difference, or like what? What? Yeah, you know what? And quite honestly, the fitness, the fitness is so different. You okay. know, um, the outdoor soccer is, you know, you got ninety minutes and you have one fifteen minute break, right? right? So you're going for forty five minutes straight. So it's more of an endurance type training where you know you gotta you gotta be running for forty five minutes at a time. Where the indoor game, it's a lot more about quick bursts, and you're you're going for a minute and a half, two minutes, and then you rest. You know, so the the actual physical training was was a lot different from one game to the other. Um, you know, the skills and and all that stuff are, you know, they definitely translate to both games. Mm -hmm. I think the indoor game, uh, you needed more skill just because of the tighter quarters, how quickly you get closed down. Yeah. Um, you know, you got. You know, the size of a hockey rink, it's the same as hockey. You got five right. and a goalie. So there's not that much room where in outdoor soccer, you got a lot more room, you know. So you have a bad touch on in the indoor game, you're going to get penalized. Where in the outdoor game, you might have a little bit more room to, to recover from a bad touch, you know. But, but quite honestly, the boards were the big difference, you know. The ball stayed in play a lot more. There was a lot more action. You know, you, you miss the net on you know, you take a shot and you miss the net and outdoor, it's out of bounds, right? Right. And indoor, it was coming right back at you so you could hit it again. <laughs> now, you miss the net, it's coming right back at you. You take another one at it. So you just keep shooting until it goes in the goal. <laughs> right. Right, oh, right. my gosh. You always had to be but, on your uh, toes if you were a goaltender. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Talk to Otto about uh, <laughs> right. taking shots, man. That's like... Yeah, that poor guy. We we used to pepper him in practice, and then you know, going to games and stuff. Oh. But um, yeah, playing goalie in the indoor game was was crazy. You know, you had to, God, I remember I still had, had one of those. Growing up, I had one of the orange balls. Yeah, yeah. You guys played with like the orange soccer yeah. balls. I had yeah. that forever, and I wish I still had it. And I don't know where the heck it is, but uh, <laughs> so obviously, like I said before, you have a career that is insane. I mean, legitimately. Uh, in, in that time, in that era of the height of popularity of indoor soccer, you're, you might be the best indoor soccer player ever to the point where they named the MVP trophy, the league after you, which yeah, that had been I, the coolest thing. You know what? It, it's, it's, it, it's very cool. Like I said, I, I never, you know, coming in as a defender, <laughs> I, never, I never, never expected to have that kind of a career, you know? Um, and it, it went way beyond what I ever dreamt of, obviously. Um, but you know, quite honestly, it, you know, I got, I got to play a long time. Uh, the numbers are ridiculous, but some of the players that played in our league in the, in the eighties and nineties, you know, that, um, were, were spectacular players, world-class players from, from other countries that came over here because you can make more money at that time over here, you know? 
but there was there was a lot of great talented players. Um, I just outlasted them all. <laughs> as <far> as, <laughs> I played 21 years, and uh, but um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, I, I you know everybody always wishes you'd make more money and stuff, but uh, we had a blast doing it. You know. And I, I didn't have a real job until I was 40 years old, so I can't, I can't really complain. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you how lucky you are, my friend. Exactly. I know. Woo! I know. I know. I have a real job now, so I know. <laughs> Imagine doing that like us clubs early in our life. Ugh. Exactly. Uh, so what made you such – like, what made it click so much with you? Uh, you know, you said you – you know, no – Kids aren't growing up playing indoor soccer for the most part. I mean, here, yeah. actually, a lot of my friends grew up playing some indoor soccer because there's winter here. And yeah, and, yeah. Uh, now, quite honestly, um, when I came to Cleveland, I had never played indoor before, like with boards, never. Yeah. Uh, growing and in Toronto, there was no indoor soccer with boards. You know, uh, we used to play in a gym, kind of like they play futsal now. Yeah, that's kind of indoor. We used to play in the winter times was in a gym. So I had never, never really played with boards until I actually came to Cleveland to try wow. out. Wow. And, um, and, and immediately fell in love with it. You know, growing up in, in Toronto, um, you know, if you're a Canadian kid, you got to play hockey, right? right. So, <laughs> I guess so I told you guys, I still play hockey in a men's league. You know, I'm going to be 56 years old and in two months here, and I still put the skates on and love to play. So it's awesome. You know, the combination, I was, I loved hockey. Hockey was honestly my first love. You know, I, you know, I wanted to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, from the time I was six years old and put skates on, you know, hockey night in Canada, every Saturday night, that was, you know, that's what we did in Canada. So the translation from the boards from playing hockey, I I found it very natural playing soccer with the boards, you know? So um, it was, it was really an easy transition having played hockey for so long. It was the exact same arena, the boards, the glass, everything about it, and um, it, I just I just took to it very naturally and never never really had an adjustment period, um, you know, getting used to the boards because a lot of the European players that came over and played, you know, they they're like, what the frick are these boards things? <laughs> <laughs> What happens? What happens if the ball hits the boards? You know, is it out of bounds? <laughs> it's like, nope. Oh, you just keep going, man. Just kick keep it. Going. Yeah, kick it again. Yeah, kick it again. And um, <laughs> yeah, so for me, the transition was really, really easy. Um, you know, going into the indoor game with the boards because uh, because of you know playing hockey since I was five years old. Speaking of European guys, you know, you had a, a, a crazy career. You were awesome, but like your teammates. It was so fun just kind of going back before this interview to just, you know, put some notes together and all that stuff and just hearing these names that I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I grew up with just listening to these and going down to the games <laughs> at either the Convocation Center or even at Richfield. Oh but uh, you formed uh, with one of those European players, you formed what we called the dynamic duo, the 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 incredible pairing of you and, and Zoran, Zoran uh, yeah. Karic. Or Carriage, or I always say those names wrong. Darn Carriage, yeah. Yep. Uh, but you, you're some of your teammates. So what? What made it? Uh, because it felt like that duo. Uh, that's what you heard about all the time. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Z- what made you guys Z- work out so well together? It was, um, you know, Z and I clicked like from day one. Um, actually, I just golfed with him on Friday, so we're, nice. we're still <laughs> best friends. And um, <laughs> you know, him, him and I and Otto, we get together quite a bit around here. 
Um, but Zorn and I, you know, I introduced him to golf. He'd never played golf before. Now he's a scratch <laughs> golfer. Now he's a scratch of golfer. Course, of course. Scratch golfer. Wow. Yeah. 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 And, um, but he, yeah, he got traded to us. Um, I'll never forget, but it was, it was 1990. I think it was January or February and he was playing for San Diego. Yeah. So he comes from San Diego to Cleveland in January. I think they put them, they put them out in the Richfield holiday Inn over there, you oh, know, for, no. or somewhere. Oh, no. and, and not, he, there's, there's not, there's nothing around there. Exactly. <laughs> and he, he wanted to go home so bad. He's like, you know, I won't say what he said, but he yeah. was like, get me the hell out of here. And, um, you know, absolutely, absolutely loves Cleveland now as much as I do. Um, like I said, we just golfed together on Friday. Um, he's like, he's like a brother to me. He really is. And so, you know, auto too, you know, when you spend so many years with these guys and you're going to battle every day and, you know, I mean, we, we'd have fights in practice and then, you know, we'd go out for a beer and it was like, you know, back in the day, everybody, you know, everybody was very competitive, but nobody liked to lose. Yeah. You know, so even our practices were heated and, you know, that's, that's kind of the way we were wired. And, uh, but Zorn and I clicked from, from day one. Um, you know, we, we instantly hit it off. Um, quite, you know, he, he was married, had two little girls at the time when he came here. Yeah. And um, I was single. So he, I was going to his house pretty much every other day. His wife was a tremendous cook. Nice. Uh, Old-time uh, old Serbian home cooking. And yeah, how did you stay in was, playing shape with that? Oh, exactly. I, yeah. I was there all the time. And every time I went over there, it was like a seven course feast that she would cook. Um, and yeah, Vera was Hector's uh, running a little slower at practice the next day. <laughs> exactly. Gonna be late coach. But, uh, Gonna be late. Yeah. You know, being a single guy, you know what, getting home cooked meals was, uh, was definitely the way to go. And, um, but they took me in and, we, um, I got to know their whole family. And like I said, we clicked right away. And like I said, to this day, we're, we're best of friends and love the guy. Do you ever see, do you guys ever see planes, trains and automobiles? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's one of my favorite movies, but when you described him being at the Richfield holiday Inn, it reminded me of when they were stuck <laughs> oh, yeah. in like Kansas yeah, exactly. at like the motel Yeah, <laughs> and there's snow, but there's also were... tumbleweeds, <laughs> nothing yeah. there. They're sleeping in the same bed. There's pigs. Yeah. Well, if you've been out there, yeah. if you've been in Richfield in January, February, it's just like that. <laughs> My God, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, next question, obviously. Uh, uh, you, you're so you're a big golfer then. Yeah. Yeah. We Where do you it. like to play? Um, actually, I play every Sunday morning. We play at Bunker Hill in Manhattan. Oh, nice. Nice. Right. Oh, nice. And, um, Friday afternoon, Z and I will be at Ironwood. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The little skins game every. Uh, the owner of Ironwood uh, has a little skins game every Friday afternoon, so nice. we try to get over there for the skins game. But uh, Sunday mornings, I'm at bunker, and then you know, depending on the weather, try to get out. You know, maybe another afternoon if we can. Yeah, but I, uh, I, know, yeah, I, I love get a little fall golfing. Yeah, uh, cool. Um, that's how us old guys stay competitive. You know, we, we go compete on the golf course. <laughs> you guys were like living the dream though. You guys were like, you guys were like the eighties hair band of athletes. 
were the crunch back in the day. The oh my the God, the, the craze, mullets. Man. The mullets are the craze. I mean, people, your hair is underrated. People always will remember Otto and yeah. that, and those long flowing locks. You know, Otto, Otto has not cut his hair since he came to Cleveland in 89. I swear to God. Yeah. I swear to God. It's no, like still? Curly. Still, yeah. It's No way. It's curly, yeah, to this day. He came he – came, he came to drop the puck at a Monsters game yeah. not too long ago, Mike, and it was the exact same. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He hasn't changed. Still, he pulls it back in a ponytail. He's got the he's got a gray goatee now, but uh, it obviously poses the question, Hector. Why did you quit on that? Yeah, <laughs> because I had. <laughs> I didn't want to look like Gallagher anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right. <laughs> Nothing up front and then flowing blocks back here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the yeah the 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 hair back in yeah in the in the 80s and 90s, you know, with soccer players. Oh my God, every everybody had long hair. Yeah, uh, the mullets were in the short shorts. Uh, it was, you know, you look back at some of those Cavs games as well. And those shorts that those you had, those guys used to wear. Those were. <laughs> I I look at our some of my old pictures. I, I got a picture from Minnesota, and I swear to God, my shorts were like this long. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh bad. By far, by far the sexiest athletic gear ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God. We used this picture. We used, yeah. Look at that. We used this see picture. that. I had I had sliders underneath them. The yeah, compression right. pants, yeah. So the shorts were shorter. We we finally smartened up and put compression pants underneath them. <laughs> yeah. them all. Give you a little <laughs> well, all the all the turf burns we were getting, oh, you know. Yeah. So it was. My wife know. actually, my wife makes those little uh, 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 just kind of promo things that we put yeah. out when we, when yeah. we have a guest. And I said, I said, here, will you put this picture, Hector Marinero, please? Yeah. She was like, check those legs out. Look at those shorts. Yeah. And I was like. <laughs> Right? First of all, ma'am, settle down. Yeah. <laughs> nice stems, Hector. Nice stems. So my my entire hockey team were on a you know in a, a group text, you know, and they sent me that and they're like, oh, look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was funny. It had to have been fun though around town, because again, you guys were so noticeable. You were so, you know, yeah. uh you you were your faces, you know, uh you were so noticeable for being and Cleveland was kind of like this, even in your second stint. Uh, it was kind of like a kind of a cool, like you guys were professional league, uh, but it was kind of a cool, like I, I don't want to call it like a secondary professional league, but it wasn't like MLB, NHL, NBA, ML, no, or NHL, NFL. Yeah, you know what? And we what we used to do a lot that got us so noticed in the city is we did a lot of public appearances. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of them because we knew we had to promote the game. You know, it's like you said, it's not the NHL. It's not the NBA. It's not right. where, you know, you just say hey, Cleveland Browns and everybody flocks. Right. So right. we were something new, but you know, the force really helped, you know, get the interest. But we, you know, we used to go to, we used to go to schools all the time, you know, autograph sessions at the malls, at the hospitals. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we, you know, we had somebody in the front office. That's all, that's all they did was get um, appearances for, yeah. you know, and we used to do two or three a week. Like every single player on the team had to do them, you know? So, you know, after games, we'd be up in the concourse uh, signing autographs, you know? Yeah. Can you imagine Baker Mayfield and, and Miles Garrett going <laughs> up on the concourse and, you know, Signing they autographs. Their lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It ain't going to happen, right? All right, yeah. fellas, only yeah. 50,000 more autographs to go. Yeah. Let's, 
Let's get LeBron. LeBron, will you go up to the concourse and go sign some autographs? (laughs) But um, But it was a cool time because it was it was you guys, and then it was the Lumberjacks too. The Lumberjacks that was another team that was drawing thousands and thousands of people to these games. Uh, So I was I always I always thought of Cleveland back at that day. You know, you had the Browns, and there were not a ton of people going to Indians game before '94. Uh, and I remember going yeah. to Cleveland Stadium back in the day. The Indian, right. Oh man! Everybody would oh, get a foul ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never had to. You never had to sneak down into a better seat. No, exactly. like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Please yeah, come go down. Ahead. Make it look like there's some people here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting in two front right. rows. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was always cool the way Cleveland took to, especially those two teams, the 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 crunch slash force and the yeah. lumberjacks, uh, and and would would pack the place. Yeah, you know what people people related to us because in like like I said, we were you know we were out in the public all the time. We were talking to people, you know, um, and you know it's pe- a lot more people related with us. You know, they knew we weren't making millions of dollars and. Um, you know, we would thank the fans every time for, you know, coming to games and stuff because, you know, they were spending their hard earned money to, you know, enable me to make a living, you know? Yeah. So, um, we were very appreciative and we knew, we knew we had to, we had to take care of our fans because, um, you know, they stopped coming. We don't have the big TV deals. Like, um, you know, if the fans stop coming, then, you know, we're not making any money. Right. So it was, uh, it was important to, uh make the whole fan experience uh, for home games uh, something special. And, of course, the championships helped. <laughs> That's yeah, for yeah. sure. In, 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 a, in, in a championship-starved city at the time yeah. <laughs> that Cleveland was. Right. It was. It, <laughs> it, was, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I'll, I'll never forget the, you know, the first one in 94, um, you know, hours after the game coming out um, right on – oh, what's the one that goes uh, – Right in front of uh, Progressive Field, Ontario. Um, but people like honking the horns and out in the, you know, waving around and stuff. And then yeah. we, went down, we went down to the flats. You know, the the, the post game party was at Shooters in the flats. Oh yeah, Ooh, nice. I, we couldn't even walk. We couldn't even get in there. It was so packed. With <laughs> yeah, the team can't even get in. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So that was like back when they still did like the hot tub, right? Yeah, did they have to do like the hot tub or the pool at shooter? Oh, oh boy! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we won't talk about that. No, 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 no. No, you go in there. You're probably missing the next couple games. Do not go in the <laughs> shooter's hot tub. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so your 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 playing career ends. You you go down as one of, if not the greatest players, and certainly in that league's history. Uh, in Cleveland indoor soccer history. You stick around for a little bit. You are an assistant coach for the fours for a little bit. But then this is really cool. Uh, 2006, you become, you be, you get named the head foot, or the head football coach, my Lord, kind of, kind of, <laughs> depending on which country we're in. Yeah, uh, exactly. You became the head <laughs> soccer coach uh, for John Carroll. So how'd that all go down? And, and is that something that you your eye on? Is that something you were real interested in getting into, especially collegiate soccer? No, not at all. Quite honestly, uh, <laughs> honestly, it was um, you know I I had taken a, a sales position with a company in Brunswick that I'm still with to this day, Inflatable Images. Nice. Um, okay. We do um, we we actually do the big football tunnels that the NFL teams run oh, through. Oh yeah, sweet. The big beer bottles you see at concerts, and um, we need one of those with garage beers on it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But 
you know, we, uh, we do a lot of digital print stuff and, um, I've been working for them for 18 years now. Wow. So, oh, wow. Um, I started with them in 2003, actually when I was still playing. Uh, unfortunately, I knew I had to get a real job. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, eventually, yeah. I started working, you know, um, for them in, in, in 2003 um, and um, been there. But uh, so I was just working with them. You know, I, I had some opportunities to uh, be an assistant coach and, and the MLS by this time was already around and stuff. And but quite honestly, both my kids were, were pretty young. Um, I had married a Cleveland girl. We had two kids and, um, you know, professional coaching um, at the pro level is a lot of moving around, going from city to city. And, you know, we had uh, just built a home down in Brunswick and uh, the kids loved the Brunswick schools. So I didn't, I really didn't want to take my kids out of school and move them around. So I decided to take the sales job um, and was happy doing that. And then, um, 2006 uh you guys remember ali casamani he was a force player as well he was coaching john carroll university uh cleveland state fires their head coach um i knew a couple of board members at cleveland state um ali casamani went to cleveland state he was good friends with the athletic director so ali finds out that so cleveland state contacts me about the head coaching job um at cleveland state uh, I said, you know, I, you, know you, you always talk to people, say, you know, right. willing to listen, you know, what, it, you know, and, um, but the AD wanted Kazzy because they went to school together. They knew each other. So it was Kazzy's job, basically. Sure. So when Kazzy found out that, um, that they were talking to me, he's like, I didn't know you wanted to get into college coaching. He's, he's like, you should talk to John Carroll because it's right down the street. It's a part-time position. You can, you know, you can still do your other job. It's great school, great education. So I'm like, yeah, tell him to call me, you know. So, and that's the way it became. Uh, I replaced wow. Ali Casamania, John Carroll, in uh, in 2006, and uh, I'd never stepped on campus before. Um, you know, I knew Cassie was coaching there for a long time, and um, just kind of. You know, thought about it'd be a great opportunity for my kids one day to go to school there, you know. Um, and here we are 15 years later, and uh, I'm uh, still there. My my son graduated uh, this past May with his master's. Um, awesome. Yeah, he, he, played, he played for me for four years. Um, cool. So the, the father, father coach thing. It continues. <laughs> it continues. It goes around, right? Were you hard on him like your dad? Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was. You know, uh, not so much as far as um, I think I was hard on him on playing time. Um, he okay. deserved. He deserved to be on the field earlier than I put him on the field. You know. Yeah. And quite honestly, a couple my team captains came to me and was like, "Your son needs to play." You know. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and they're like, "No, he needs to play. You need to get him on the field more because he." Um, so early on, freshman year, he played every single game, but he came off the bench. Uh, sophomore year, I still didn't start him. And, but uh, I think three or four games into his sophomore year, he started, uh, earned a starting position. And then uh, senior year was team captain and was named All-American, first team awesome. All-American. That's incredible. So we won, uh, That's won a great. couple championships together, OAC titles. So yeah. it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So. He just graduated in May with his master's. For the last two years, he was my GA. 
So he was okay. on my coaching staff uh, for the last two years. And um, my daughter's a senior there right now. Wow. And um, nice. she's set to graduate in December here. So awesome. It's, uh, it's been a great relationship with JCU. Love that place. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's really yeah. cool. That's got to be, no matter how, like, no matter how firm you are, no matter how confident you are in your coaching and all that, when your kid, especially at a high level, as in, yeah. as in a collegiate, no matter when your kid comes into play, it's always got to be in the back of your head. Like, I don't want people thinking yeah. that like, I'm just throwing my kid out there. So it actually probably was really cool that your captain yeah. came in and said, listen. <laughs> yeah, it was. And you know what? Like I said, he, he definitely earned it. You know, he earned, he earned his playing time. Um, so I think sophomore year after I started him sophomore year, I think he won midfielder of the year, uh, for the conference. <laughs> so bad, bad coaching decision to keep him on the bench for all that time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he ended up, uh, having a tremendous career. I think he, I think he's in top five all time scoring leaders at, uh, at John Carroll and, um, so cool, you know, went, uh, like I said, ended up, uh, became my GA, spent the last two years uh, helping me coach uh, with Dale Maldanovich, who's my, uh, he's my right-hand man at, at John Carroll. He's been with me all 15 years. So Dayon, uh, and I hired him when he was a senior. Um, he was 21 years old. He just finished his playing career at John Carroll. And he's been my right-hand man at John Carroll for 15 years. So uh, the three of us were the coaching staff for the last couple of years. And uh, he just graduated in May, and uh, he took a job in, in Fort Myers, Florida. So he's going to be moving to – if this COVID thing ever <laughs> Good grief. Get, gets out of here, it's, uh, he'll be moving to Florida. So we're, uh, we're definitely excited. Like John Carroll – John Carroll's been so good to my family. It really yeah. has. Um, and, you know, like I said, 15 years of coaching, and uh, both my kids got to go there. So yeah. it's, it's been a great place for my family. Hey, listen, it's been great for you, but you've been great right back to them. You've got a, a crazy record, 175, 82, and 29. Uh, you've been the OAC Coach of the Year three times now, including the last two seasons. Uh, uh, you, you're on a streak of four straight, four straight NCAA tournament appearances. Uh, so, you know, what's that been like building that program and, and, and the run you're on right now? Uh, you know, how do you – college is crazy, right? Because – you it really constantly is. have a stream of turnover, mm-hmm. a constant stream of exactly. You know, it's like just when you just when you get someone into the program that really knows how we want to do things all the time, and they're graduating. You know, yeah, right, <laughs> right. That's all over again. So it's uh, you know, it, it's way different than you know the the pro game because you know you can keep you know you can keep your nucleus together for so many years in the indoor game, which kind of happened with the crunch, is why we were so good. Um, but the, you know, at the college level, it's four years and then they're gone, you know, so you gotta, you gotta start all over again. So, but, um, you know, it, it took us, you know, it's, it took us a while to really get established. Um, Kazi, Kazi had a, a very successful program, but he, um, when he left, he, he knew, <laughs> he knew the program was going to be in a little bit of trouble, but he was graduating like 10 starters. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I took over in January, right? So the whole recruiting season was over and he took all the guys he was recruiting. He took with them to Cleveland state, you know? So that the first year we had no, no incoming players, but we were, 
you know, we were down for a few years there and we, we slowly built it back up. And, you know, now we have a, we have a reserve team. We have, so we have two teams there. Nice. Um, the last, last four or five years have really, you know, really been a lot of fun, especially with the NCAA tournament. We've been able to host the NCAA tournament for the last three years, the yeah. first and second round. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And like I said, you know, winning these championships the last few years with my son, you know, yeah. um, you know, first as a player and then all my coaching staff have been, you know, quite honestly, the highlight of my career, you know, even really? more than, than what I did as a player, you know, being able to share with my son and, you know, raise the trophies and, you know, so it was a lot, a lot of good times, you know, so it's, it's awesome. been, like I said, it's been a, it's been a great place and wouldn't change anything, you know, I'd rather be at JCU than, you know, chasing down MLS jobs and running around and moving. And, you know, I, yeah. I was able to afford my family a stable home. You know, they all went to the same school district. And they, you know, they had a great childhood, um, great high school experience in Brunswick. And uh, it's, uh, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Just left, I just left Brunswick High School on Friday. Did it? Yeah. We do uh, what Chad and I do. Uh, we call high school football games for a radio station out of Elyria, and I just Brunswick okay. had a Brunswick had a playoff game. They just beat uh, Massel and Jackson yeah, on Friday. Yeah, so. already. Yeah. I did. Yeah, well, they only did a six week yeah. season because of COVID. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. yeah. yeah, it's this whole. It's a whole thing. It's a mess. Yeah, yeah just be happy uh, we're playing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for real. Right. You know what? Yeah. For for all intents and purposes, it's gone all right. It's gone all right. Yeah, it really has been for you. How's it been yeah, as, as a, as a college coach? How's the whole COVID? You know, um, John Carroll went virtual the whole semester. So yeah. we haven't, um, I've pretty much, it's my first fall in 15 years where I've had no soccer. Um, wow. so I've been playing a lot of golf and getting <laughs> <laughs> Got the hockey going my time and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's been so quiet at John Carroll because, uh, there's no students there. Um, you know, there was no practices and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of zoom calls, a lot of zoom meetings. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the, the new way of, uh, of coaching right now, but, um, you know, just making sure my kids are, are doing all right with the, with the zoom classes and keeping their grades on track. And, uh, we're supposed to start practicing here January 18th. Once soon as we get back on campus. Yeah. Um, we're supposed to start playing March 14th. So nice. Wow. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. Hopefully, we uh, we get to play in this uh, spring season. Yeah. Yeah. Here's hoping. So, hey, listen, it's been awesome going over uh, your career highlights with you, talking about your playing days, your coaching, the mullets uh, had to come up, so that uh, has been fun. Uh, and then, obviously, talking about the Browns, four and one on the year. Uh, yeah. I can't even. I don't know what to do with myself. The fact that the Browns aren't terrible uh yeah. we talked about one thing last week so we'll end it with this kind of a fun question uh we all went around the horn since it is halloween season it is scary movie season do you have a scary movie from like maybe when you were younger that just scarred you <laughs> not so much <laughs> not, so, not, so, not so much scarred me uh quite honestly any movie back in the day with Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? Back in the day, she was, <laughs> you know, she was, uh, 
you know, back in the eighties and nineties, she was, uh, you know, she was very good looking. So <laughs> any movie, any movie that she was in. Yeah. Let me guess, True Lies affected you. Yes, True Lies. <laughs> uh, Listen, Jason, Jason, could you move to the side? Or Michael Myers, could you move yeah, to the side, you please? Could you just, could you just <laughs> get out of yeah. frame, Michael? <laughs> this yeah. movie isn't scary at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hector. Well, hey, we really, really appreciate your time with us. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Some great stories. Uh, good luck with everything going on with JCU. I hope you guys do get to play uh, in the spring. And, uh, and again, thank you so much for taking the time to, to join us here tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Um, talking everything Cleveland, man. I love the city and uh, there's no better place to, to raise a family and be a sports fan than in Cleveland right now. So it's good. Awesome. And again, another special shout out to our guest tonight, Hector Marinero uh, from the Cleveland Crunch or the Force or, you know, both teams. Uh, but guys, how fun was that? I mean, again, Joe... I know you were maybe a bit young for the crunch or the force, but well, Chad actually, and I, man. Funny enough. I, yes. I have been to a couple of crunch games in my day. And in uh, come day. on. I remember. Come I, on. I was, um, I was either six or seven, real young and way too young to be doing what I did. But I went to a crunch game for a friend's birthday party. <laughs> Oh, okay. and it's funny you guys are talking about cutting the lights and stuff and i was like i'm not gonna bring this up like during the i'm sure he'll listen back and hear this later sorry hector but uh he doesn't care um they cut the lights <laughs> off and so it was a birthday party we were all in the field when they're doing all the pregame, like announcement of the players and stuff cut the lights off and i'm like six or seven and i'm like this is a great opportunity i'm by myself in front of like ten thousand people I go throw both middle oh, no. in the air. Like, <laughs> I flick off the entire crowd. And this the is lights, my chance. The lights come back on, and me just being like the good little Catholic boy I was, was just like so ashamed of myself <laughs> the rest of the game. I was like, how can I do this? What does my life come to? Uh, oh, that's, my uh, yeah. God. I. Uh... <laughs> I was so curious where that was going to go. You, you were like, you were like, I was six or seven and not doing what I should have been do- doing. And Way too young to be flipping so off 10,000 people, go. <laughs> Is there ever an appropriate age to flip off 10,000 people? Uh, it depends uh, on the yeah. crowd. Uh, you know what? I could think True. of a couple crowds you know, right now that know. I would go in and flip True. off. Definitely depends True. on your audience. Uh, but I, I did read right. um, the Crunch are planning a 2021 comeback. Have you guys seen this? No. Yes. What? Oh, yeah. I think I did yeah. see that, actually. Yeah. Why did we ask him about that? I don't know. That was, a, that, that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> that that story it. just literally reminded me of that, though. And I guess I probably Oops. should add some other things to remind myself of that. But Listen, I remember those days. I remember commercials with Hector and with Otto Orff. And they were, every, they were like he said in that interview, they were everywhere. Yeah everywhere any time of like any kind of special appearance that could be made the crunch were going to be there uh and so that was just a really cool little bit of nostalgia but also cool to talk to him about what he's got going on now with uh with john carroll he's been so successful as the head coach uh over there of john carroll and uh you know obviously he's got a streak that they're going to keep going so um we've got some breaking news here tonight though so much news what we got some breaking news all over the 
place that we want to get to before we get out of here. An NBA champion has been crowned. back. What? The king is back. The king is back. An NBA champion is crowned. J.R. Smith, an NBA champion once again. NBA champion J.R. Smith. J.R. Swish. Caruso is... Uh, Gig'em Aggies. Gig'em Aggies. Oh, really? He's, a, he's an Aggie? Yeah. Hell Alex yes. Caruso is? Yes, he is. Get out of uh, here. J.R., man, is going to party his freaking pants off tonight, and then he's going to move right into Joey's uh, party house that we Yo, had episodes ago. Still with no shirt on. Possibly no pants because he like well never mind. Uh, I'll call him Johnny. Still no... jo- call Johnny. Get him in the house. <laughs> He's not doing anything right now. No, it doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it. That's incredible. Well, you know, I I uh, I'm such a big uh, LeBron fan. I I um, am appreciative that he was yes. able to come back and win a championship with Cleveland. Uh, and past that, that's really all I was hoping for out of him like that's to have a player like one leave and then come back just to win a championship like that never happens uh so once we got our championship in cleveland i was like you know what you just build your legacy i don't care if you go to la i don't care if you go anywhere else like do you And i'm glad that he's out there killing it still being a uh probably one of the best faces in all sports and leaders in all sports so that's uh really awesome for uh lebron Listen, I'd rather have him here, but listen, I agree. Good for him. Won another title. Uh, I was rooting for the Lakers like I would have rooted for the Cavs, minus like watching every single game. But, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I definitely wanted the Lakers to win everything. But Dwight, Dwight Howard's a champion. He deserves to have a uh, championship. Does he? Uh, he does. He was so good for a long time. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. He okay. deserves Whatever. a title. Uh, Anthony Davis is a champion now. Caruso's a champion. Yeah, I mean, like, they're not actually – outside of the fact that it's the Lakers, they're not a hard team to like. I mean, there's a lot of likable yeah. people on the team. Because they got rid of everyone that you don't like. Right. right. <laughs> Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Who? Lonzo Who Ball. I did not know oh, gotcha. seated hatred for Lonzo Ball. I just think you didn't I like him, Joe, like, huh? I don't like their dad, and I don't like like this like family Fair. brand that they're building. I just think that's it's Big baller brand. Yeah, the BBB. It's the brand. It's it's the brand in all of sports. Well, the brand of all sports doesn't have an NBA <laughs> championship, so right, right. But Joe and Joey hates him. He hates him. Sorry well, if you're listening, Lonzo. Like. I'm sure you might be a good dude, but like I just don't like you. I'm sorry. Lavar is definitely listening. Lavar, yeah. Well, uh, no, Lavar is listening. All, listen, all of them do. They all tune in. We we all know that the three. We of us do know, know that. that the John okay. Carroll soccer team tunes in. Correct, and what? they will be listening. Yeah. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, so breaking news: Lakers seventeenth NBA title, uh, and this one. You know what? Here's the other thing. It always seems Yay. to happen. I know, and Chad, Chad always bullshits like he doesn't like the nba even though like he does uh i don't okay i don't you do. don't you work for the uh, NBA? i don't but i, I, was, I it, listen it always listen i okay listen yes i work for the nba i don't so i don't i don't totally despise the nba but on the list of of the major four leagues nba is my fourth nba is my fourth league on the okay. list like i i i just i don't 
I, I don't, uh, uh, I don't respect, like I respect the NBA in, in, in that it's the most progressive of all the sports leagues in, in professional sports, in my opinion, but from a competition standpoint, I, I just, I don't respect it nowadays. I just don't. So, I mean, so, so unless the NBA has anything, unless the NBA news has anything to do with the Cavs, I'm just, I'm just really not interested. I've worked enough NBA. Granted the NBA has given me a nice career in sports for sure. So I, 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 I like it in that respect, but from a competition standpoint, I just, it's just, it's not my thing. I'm not interested in it. Well, you know what? It is interesting how sports tends to work out in, in the way of things though. Like anytime something bad happens somewhere, a sports event usually comes to like pick up a place like the Boston marathon thing happened. And then the Red Sox won the world series or like Houston was crushed by like flooding and hurricanes. And then the Astros won the world series. And they're all, it always seems to tend to like pick an area up. Well, obviously this year was a crazy year for Lakers and Lakers fans and, and Kobe Bryant passing away in a, in a tragic accident. So in the year Mm -hmm. that Kobe passes away in an accident, uh, LeBron and the Lakers go ahead and win the title. And, 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 they, and that's just that's a cool story. They didn't have to cheat to do it. Oh, <laughs> Astros jokes again. Ah, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's A-S-S-T-R-O-S. okay. You know? Astros. Yeah. They're gonna make they're gonna they're gonna make the haters forget about it this year, according to Carlos Correa. No. Well, I just I, hope they don't face don't. the Dodgers in the World Series because they will be very hurt. I think they're going to fight. Joe Kelly, they're going to fight every single game. We'll either game. not pitch a single game Joe Kelly's just, or we'll be suspended after the first game. Joe Kelly's going <laughs> to hit him with the sad face. He's going to do the sad face. Oh, you, Chad, <laughs> yeah. you do a good one. That looks just like Joe Kelly. All right, so that was breaking news number one. Breaking news number one was the, uh, the Lakers are NBA champions. What was breaking news number two? Dan Quinn fired from the Atlanta Falcons. The second head coach. That's the Falcons. That's uh, the Falcons. Off the Falcons. Have you ever seen a team <laughs> that has so no. much offensive like firepower? And like, yeah, no. some not great defense, but like just not do well at all. Like they are oh and five. Oh and five. That's awful. Lost to the Panthers today. That's yeah. so bad. Oh, oh, uh, what's his face? Teddy Bridgewater broke or uh had the highest scoring first half out of any quarterback this season. Or I'm sorry, right. highest yardage first half. He got like uh uh two sixty-eight or something like that in the first half or something. It was ridiculous. Like he's just gashing their defense. Yeah, uh, listen. Uh I don't I don't know how I don't know how the Falcons can be as bad as the Falcons are. I don't I don't I don't have a clue it's, how it's, it's possible. It doesn't make sense. Unbelievable. But the coach, the coach got to go. Like when when you're that bad, the coach got to go. Yeah, change something. Arthur, Arthur Blank gave him chance after chance after chance yeah. after chance. And Which I I respect that. I respect that. I wish we would. Sure. I wish we had a little more of that in Cleveland. Maybe not sure. with every coach we've had, but like you look back at some of the coaches. Could Rob Chudzinski maybe have had a little bit more of a chance after one year? Absolutely. Yes. Could yeah. Mike Pettin have gotten a realistic chance? Yes. So you wish. I wish that maybe there was a little more of that here, but like eventually it gets to a point where it's like, you got to go. And this was 0-5. One team that I think does a very, uh, is currently doing a good job with that exact situation is the Dolphins with Brian Flores. Yes. I think that the players love playing for him 
and they respond. It's not the most talented team, but like the front office is not like, okay, we're not doing well. Let's fire Brian. Like they're giving him his chance to coach the team that he has to try to build something else. Uh, right. And Cleveland has done a very bad job of that. Um, but thankfully, I think we have a homeless Stefanski right now. Yes. Let's talk about oh. that. All right, before oh, we go, let's, let's do let's do a little more Browns talk because we, we wanted to talk yeah. to Hector more about him than the Browns. And he's a Browns fan, but let's talk about the Browns a little bit more before we go because uh, once again, Browns, 4-1. and one, They beat a good, especially a good Colts defense. They win 32, what was it, 32-23. They won by nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, God almighty. I'm telling you what, man. We got a team. We got a team. I, we got a team. I. Uh, we got a team that's going to be. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I just like. I don't know how to feel because we're four and one. We're four and one, and I'm ecstatic, like through the roof, through the roof. Why? Why is there a butt coming? I just here? get nervous. I get nervous. Um, Particularly, like, only for next week's matchup. Like, the Steelers scare me because there was no retaliation for Miles Garrett last season in our second meeting with the Steelers. Yeah, okay. I'm a little nervous that there's going to be some type of retaliation on a star player next week. No, there isn't. Is, I there mean, isn't. is there, like... No. Listen... It, Baker's no, already not, a little fragile. Like we only have Kareem. Le- oh, we're well, not only Kareem, but like uh, we're a little thin and. Wrong. I don't know what you're. Like, what, do, what do you think is going to happen? I think they're going to do some type of bounty. No. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. No, no. I think I think they know what Mason Rudolph said. You think they do? Yeah. I hope so. I think they know what Mason Rudolph said, so there ain't going to be anything. I hope so. I mean. I mean, if James Harrison was still there, sure, maybe there was a maybe there's a bounty. No, yeah, but that was just James Harrison. That's how you got him to play. I love that commercial. Like, with hey, break that guy's face. I love that commercial. He put a self bounty on himself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah he pays himself. He's like, yeah, he's like, I will give myself fifty grand to take Miles Garrett out. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, no, guys, it, it, guys, but like the four and one. Yeah, and this was guys. that's not a bad Colts team. That's a good Colts team. That's a hard team to beat. They are. They are uh, uh, well-coached. They play hard. Defensively, they are good. That, and they are good, like, kind of the way the Browns are good. They're really good in the trenches. Defensive line, mm-hmm. offensive line, the Colts are really good. The Browns' defensive line was eating the Colts' offensive line alive, yeah, especially in the past game. Like, that's how yeah. good our, our defensive line is. Uh, and, and I'm not buying – listen, here's the thing. First of all, one, the Browns are not going to go 15-1. and one. There no. are going to be weeks where maybe they don't play so well. But two, they're also learning how to win. And that's right. why you see maybe some of this. You know, they come out in the second half and they pick six, Phillip Rivers, on a great play by Harrison. And, and then they give up that touchdown and it kind, of, it kind of threw them for a loop. And they're trying to figure out how to win. And it kind of threw them for a loop. But, like, guys – they are winning, and that's right. what matters right now is they are winning, and so they're only going to get better. This defense only looks better and better and better every week. It, it, it does. 
and there are and still some a, gaps. You got some pieces you're getting back though. Hopefully soon. You're hopefully getting greedy <laughs> back. Hopefully getting Ogan Joby back. Um, who else are we missing? Well, those are the two big ones. No, there's a third. Oh, Carl Joseph was out with uh, oh, a yeah. uh, hamstring or something this game, but he'll probably hey, Adrian Claiborne. You want Adrian Claiborne back. Yep. You want Greedy back. You want, uh, hopefully, the one player on defense that today I was like, wait a minute. Like, maybe we got something here was Jacob Phillips. Yeah. He made like three or four plays. We talked about it last week on the podcast. We talked about sideline to sideline linebackers and speed. He made a couple plays where he like shot through and made a tackle. And I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. How, how good is Terrence Mitchell playing right now, too, filling in for Greedy? He's, he's always been good. I know. But, I mean, in areas that we were, like, earlier this season worried about depth, because obviously we had a lot of injuries to start the season on this defense, uh, we're starting to see a lot of depth shine right now, which I think is very good and very promising going forward for this team. And everybody's injured again now, so that's the one concern going forward. But I mean, I'm not going to piss in the Cheerios tonight because this was a <laughs> piss in the great win. <laughs> was a great just how I like my Cheerios. Win tonight, Sweet. guys. Like, hey, can I? Can I just tell you something? Cheerios. Like, watching that, you know, obviously, you know, I'm I'm not going to elaborate. You guys, you know, talked, um, you know, pretty well on that. I, I, what the what I want to bring up is, God, I am in love. Week by week, I am in love with Stefanski's offensive game plans. I I mean, my God. Guys, like I tweeted it out earlier. This is what happens when you establish the running game that the Browns have established over over the last four weeks. Mm -hmm. Like it was just that Indianapolis defense was on their toes for especially for the first half. They were just on their uh, on their heels because they were they were they were totally selling out on the run they were they they were totally and you know yeah we still ran it but that play action was run to perfection because they followed the action yeah and 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 stefanski is creative he's imaginative like i want to have sex with his game plans every wow oof what wow With game plans every week that's how much i am in love because you want to know why you want to know why that's even the case too is because we actually have a coach for the first time in, in, in 20 years. We have a coach who knows how to manage the clock. Yeah. We have a oh, coach great. who knows how to use his timeouts. How? Like we have a coach who's smart. Like, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? How long ago does uh, the Freddie Kitchen days feel? Like, that feels like forever ago, right? Years. Yeah, I got to say, you know, this this offense, we talked about it. Uh, and there's there's – so few teams that have two good wide receivers, two good running backs, two good tight ends, two great tackles, yeah. uh, etc. Yeah. Uh, every every skill position, we have two really good players at that. So it's like, okay, so who eats? Like, who is that ball going to go to? And right, and Stefanski and uh, Alex Van Pelt have done done such a great job designing our game plan right. to attack based on which skill positions are going to succeed the most against those teams. So, you know, you get uh, right. OBJ versus the Cowboys, or you get uh, Austin Hooper starting to come out a little bit in uh, the past couple games versus the uh, Colts and the Cowboys. And, 
you know, it, they just they find the right way to attack. And like, no, like you're not going to have OBJ scoring three touchdowns every game. You're not going to have Juice getting two no. touchdowns every game. Like, it's going to be spread out. Um, but they're starting with the run, and then they're finding the holes that they can attack um, outside of the run, and it's working pretty well. Here's the thing: they're not the best versions of themselves yet. No. This isn't the best version of the Browns. You have to remember that we are now, we are again now five games in to a new system with some new players, with some new focus, with new coaches, with new, you know, everything. You're five games in and I, I, they're not, they're not a finished product. They are not, they're not, no. there are plenty of places for them to succeed. And that I think is my favorite part of this. Right. You can watch this team and say, they're not perfect. They have plenty of room to grow and plenty of places to work on. And in the end, they are four and one. This is a team that needs to grow and get better because they're not playing their best football and they're four and one. Yep, <laughs> like, right. Oh, okay. Right. And while yeah. growing is important, what's the most important part at the end of the day? Winning. Winning. Yeah. Here's the that matters in the NFL. It is the big, only stat that matters. Big, big, big test passed this week. Huge test coming up yep. this upcoming week because boys, yeah. it's Steelers week. Steelers week. Oh. no. And the Browns are four and one. And yeah. it is that that football team in Pittsburgh is playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Offensively. They are playing will really well, so a oh, big test. Can I tell you how glad I am that Claypool had his breakout game this week? This son of a bitch! I oh cut him God. off my. Who fantasy. cares? Who cares? Whatever. He had that breakout game, <laughs> not versus the Browns. So oh, yeah, right. At least we know he's capable of that going into game planning for next Sunday. Awesome. Well, big test coming up for the Browns, uh, but uh, yeah, I think. Do it, boys. You got anything else you want to talk about before we head out? No. I had something. Yeah. What, should I get my <laughs> Should I get my scary story, drunk story now, or should no. I just no, wait? Hold on Thursday, because I don't have mine. Thursday. Okay. Yeah, right. I don't have mine either. I got to watch one. Got to get drunk. Fair I'm enough. Watch a movie. Fair I'm enough. also in the process of I'm... moving right now, which sucks. So maybe that's my scary story. Yeah, but your place looks sweet. Yeah. How about those boxes on the wall? Oh. Yeah, I, I have one banked for next week. Like, so I'm not going to watch one, but I like have one I'm going to tell you, and it's fucking hilarious. So I'm excited. I can't, yeah. How excited Tune are you? Show me your Thursday's excited. episode. Thursday's episode. Chad is going <laughs> to share that story with us. Uh, but that's going to do it tonight. Uh, first of all, big time thank you again to our special guest, the head coach of John Carroll's men's soccer team and Cleveland. Indoor soccer legend Hector Marinero joined us. That was awesome tonight. Uh, for the guys, Chad, you can find him at Garage Beers Chad on social media. Joe, you can find him at Garage Beers Joe on social media. And I'm Michael. You can find me at Garage Beers Mike on social media. Please go like our pages. Give us a rating uh, and a subscription on whatever platform you're using to listen to us. Um, and, and find us on social media at The Garage Beers on both Twitter and Instagram and at the Garage Beers Podcast on Facebook. Uh, But for the boys, thank you for listening as always and have an awesome week this week. Cheers, everybody.
You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! Ow! Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.